Hello everyone, welcome back to the TED Talks YouTube channel. I'm here with the famous, the infamous, the London developer, the property by Kazi. Welcome, sir. Thank you, thank you for having me in. This is, yeah. you've only been on my show like once or twice, podcast, you've spoken at my events twice, mm -hmm. you know, you've sold out lots of tickets. Let me say it just before you do, because I know you will. Now, what I find really interesting about you, apart from anything, is your career as a tennis player. You're apparently a, a multi-skilled tradesperson as well. Mm-hmm is that you invest in London. Indeed. Now, a lot of people want to invest in London, but what do they say? Oh, it's too expensive, I can't afford it. I mean, like a hundred grand deposit. Mm -hmm. For you, why do you invest in London? And is it, you know, is it approachable to people starting out or is it something for advanced people only? Um, I think that there's a, there's a lot to unpack from that question. So the, the honest answer is that yes, obviously it's a lot less affordable. Like you can't go and pick up a property for less than in most cases, anywhere less than £150,000 anywhere in London, even if it's a studio flat that's 20 square metres. That being said, it depends how you're structuring your deal, how you're financing your deal, because if you're able to raise the money to do a cash deal outside of London, then maybe you can do something on a bridge in London. Now, you do have to take into account that doing something on a bridge is going to raise your risk. You're going to have to have a higher risk tolerance because bridging you know can be risky you do have pressures time frames that you have to meet and if you don't meet these time frames it can either get a best case scenario a lot more expensive or worst case scenario you know you sign the paperwork that says you can have your property repossessed that being said i do think that when people say it's impossible to do deals in london it's not correct and you know obviously it costs more like we said for people who are hell-bent on investing in london like, why do you invest in London? So I invest in London because in terms of being able to spend money to make money, so your pound for pound return, because your property prices are that bit higher, you can tend to add a lot more value. So like starting out, I started with um, just straightforward refurbs. But again, because ceiling prices in areas and just from, you know, if a property down the road, because it's on the right road is 100K more expensive, you spending an extra £5,000 to make a really nice bathroom and have a really good end product is going to mean that potentially you can push those numbers and push those boundaries and you're playing with a lot wider tolerances, which means if you are confident that you can deliver a good product, you know, and it's what the market wants, you will find somebody that's going to buy it. And so you can have really good returns on investment. And, you know, flipping in London makes sense, right? Mm. Because you've got much bigger starting prices, you spend more, like you said, pound for pound, you get so much more back. Mm. Holding in London, although it's, it is a favour of a lot of people because yeah. of the capital appreciation, but on a kind of yield basis or return on cash left in, because the prices are so high, London can be a bit difficult for holding. What are your thoughts on that? No, it can be. And it's one of the reasons probably why, you know, I haven't typically held projects that I've, I've bought to flip and a lot of people have been like, oh but you've got 100% of your money out why would you not hold them but realistically if I'm holding a flat worth 400 to 500,000 pounds and it's only making me a net return of 400 pounds profit you know a month that's a really bad use of capital in my eyes now that being said there are occasionally deals that we come across that do that are a lot more attractive when it comes to yield but I think it's a few things you have to think about what position are you in as an investor because if you've got a lot of capital behind you, then it's a lot easier to say, I'm gonna leave more money in because in the long term, capital appreciation, I've got confidence in prices and they're gonna go up. So by the time I sort of compound my capital appreciation with my yield and my, my interest, that you know it's gonna be worthwhile. 
For me personally, I think it's all about finding the right deal. So I don't look at it as if like, okay, I really want to find something to do a BR and RR deal, or I really want to find something to flip. It's like, what does the deal tell me I should do? Yep. Now, my most recent deal, I'm always like, for people that follow like my channel or the, or the Instagram will see that I'm always flipping. I'm like, look, in, yep. out, in, out. At the moment, I talk about being in wealth creation mode. So actually making money as opposed to trying to protect the money I've already got. Yeah. That being said, the most recent deal I decided to keep and it was because, A, I actually bought it because I always say, you can't find a deal in London. There's no small deals. You can't find a deal. This was a property that I bought at auction. It didn't sell at auction. It didn't sell because it had relevant legal issues and title issues, etc. But because it didn't sell, you now have the time to actually negotiate more favorable terms mm -hmm. with, um, you know, with the vendor, which you're able to do which means we were able to set completion terms that would allow us to complete subject to being able to resolve those issues. The fact they didn't sell meant, you know, we have a bit more room to negotiate on price. Got a one bedroom flat in Hither Green, really good area, ended up playing 179,000 pounds. Sounds very cheap. Which is reasonable because there were issues that we managed to resolve through an element of expertise and experience when it comes to the legal side of things. But you kind of have to focus on your strengths as well. So if you know that that's an area you're good at, then you can use that to find a deal. If you've got amazing contacts with estate agents, then you can use that as a strength to find a deal. If you're great with, you know, um, like computers and writing, being able to set up maybe algorithms for all of your alerts to make sure that you get to see all of the properties first, that's something that you can use. And I think you have to play to your strengths. But that deal there, 179,000 pounds, quick tidy up, um, sort of 20,000 pounds refurb, and then had to spend another sort of 4,000 pounds on some issues with the roof. Hopefully we're gonna get those back from the freeholder, but it's a case of, did we wanna wait for them to fix it and not be able to refinance? Yeah. Or did we wanna do it, keep all of our receipts and worst case scenario, we don't get the money back, but we've got you know a really nice property. Best case scenario, we get all the money back and we recoup that money and it makes it even more attractive. If you yeah. sold that, what would the flip profit be on that? So because we didn't sell it, like agents, and again, this is a property we bought for 179. The scope between the two, the, the valuations were anywhere from 275 to 325. So way above what you purchased it for, yep. way above what you purchased it for, what you spent on it. And if you had, you know, bridging costs, mm -hmm. council type, let's go as niche, like that is Even, a very yeah, good deal. All of our costs, because basically from, from completing to finishing a refurb, to get an valuation, it was under two months. So our finance costs were two months worth of finance costs, an arrangement fee, and then two months. So under 5,000 pounds worth of finance costs. And you bought it for kind of the house of an average three bed in some parts of the North. Mm -hmm. Fine, it's on the higher end, but people aren't thinking of those kind of numbers in London. So it just shows what's possible. And the legal issues is really important because this house um, has a sort of legal issue. It's a, it's a leasehold. There's no there's no freeholder, thank God. Um, and you can't actually read the lease. It's illegible. Mm -hmm. So people get scared of that. And people are scared of that. But I know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. My last flip had like flying freeholds, rights of ways. But we both know when we look at that, we know how to fix that. But everyone else says, oh no, can't deal with it, can't deal with it. So perhaps for people watching, like you said, find your expertise. It doesn't have to be you. My list is shit mm -hmm. hot. So I'll go, go to him if I need to. So people watching, look for these kind of weird deals. And this deal was on the market, right? Yeah, this deal Publicly was Publicly facing. It was, it was on, anybody could have bought an auction, and it could have be, anybody could have bought it post-auction, but they didn't. And that is the example of, I can't find deals, I can't find deals. I actually wasn't looking for a deal. It was actually from a conversation with somebody else saying, you can't find deals. And I was like, I can. 
And, and then, then you found it and then you bought... Yeah, and I found it and then I bought it. Well, it proves them wrong then, big time. And it's literally in, in the space. I was like, you know what? Sometimes you've got to go back to your bread and butter. So now we've got sort of three similar deals all in the pipeline, all similar sorts of numbers. And the thing is that why I said, you know, I'm going to keep that one is because realistically, even at the bottom end, at the 275, yeah, at the You're 275, yeah. you end up about £2,000 in the property. Nothing. And Nothing. it's cash flow in £700 at a minimum a month. I like the maths on that one. So it, it comes back straight away. It's 100% plus like when you do your return on investment annually. It's an area that ceiling prices wise as well. The other reason why I want to keep it is two, like, sorry, one beds that they're doing in the new builds, they're currently listing for about 425. So you know the trickle down effect of what's of going to happen. Coming, yeah. So realistically in the next five years, we could be easily looking at that same sort of price point. So by the time you factor in your capital appreciation, your yield, and then the initial value that you've made by adding value by spending and doing the refurb, you're winning sort of on three fronts. And it is possible to do in London. Now, yes, I've been doing it for a while. It's an yep. element of expertise, you know, in terms of being able to find the deal, being able to find these solutions. But like you mentioned with the, the lease of this being ineligible, like a problem is only a problem until you find a solution and then it's an opportunity. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's so many red flags in property and I kind of say to people, if you have all 10 of these red flags, mm -hmm. okay, this is a this is very, very tricky. Mm -hmm. If you've got two of them, solve them, find mm -hmm. a way through it and understand it. Because some people see knotweed, for example, mm -hmm. Japanese knotweed is so prevalent around here. And they run away from it and they get scared. But I know all I need to do, how much I need to spend, what I need to make that a deal, I'll buy it. Subsidence. You know, you were saying about some of the flaws in this house. Some people might walk in here who lived who lived in London their whole life and say, I can't touch this, the house is moving. And I'm just laughing, like, they're all like this. And I think that that's really what it comes down to a lot of the time, particularly when the market's hot like this, like it's Oof, an upward market. Yeah. Like, you have to be willing to create the deal. Like the, yes. no one's gonna, even sources are not gonna come to you and hand you a perfect deal because Never. there's so many people that want them, just the concept of supply and demand means yeah. the margins get eroded out to the point yep. it's no longer a deal. So. You know, for anybody that's really looking to get into property, whether it's Wales, Scotland, London, or anywhere across the UK, the ability to actually create a deal and find a deal and actually be able to identify opportunity, I think is what is gonna set you apart from a property developer adding your own value versus a property investor, which is more traditionally linked to buy-to-lets and just investing in property for long-term returns. I think another thing is everything you've said is underpinned by understanding, education and network. We have the right people to speak to when we need to. We understand it ourselves if someone else can't help us. And we have the right understanding of what it is, how to fix it, what it should be, what it shouldn't be. And we can get these deals and we can move quicker. Yeah. If someone's like, oh, I've got to get someone to review this, you might, me might see the legal issue and say, yeah, it's fine, here's my offer. Mm. The other guy's taking three days to get it back. Mm. We've got a deal. So I think everyone watching, you need to have these three things in place in order to find deals in London, in Scotland, in anywhere. Mm -hmm. So thanks for that, that was really helpful. Now, everyone, before you leave this video, go to Instagram, click the link below and give Kazi a follow. And also hit subscribe, hit like, and we'll see you on the next video.